0: welcome to the apex vaulting podcast uh this is episode 62 uh we have a great episode for you before we get started um a couple things one check out our website apexvaulting.com we have plenty of stuff in the apex store also follow us on instagram at the real apex vaulting we're posting lots of content lots of instructional stuff and we just posted a video it's on youtube facebook um, how to coach youth athletes we actually got a chance to go to a track camp where they had 85 youth athletes ages from 5 to 13 years of age they got to do each event for 15 minutes a day so you were only getting each group for 15 minutes at a time for five days and it was awesome seeing these kids pick up the vault uh, by the last day kids were swinging up over like four and five foot bungees and and we take you through the whole process on how we do that. Now, here's the thing I have a huge challenge. We always talk about making pole vaulting more popular and one of the things that we need to do is we need to get more youth athletes involved. Why wait till high school to get someone to try pole vault? Let's get them younger. Let's get them excited so that when they join their high school team, they know they want to be a pole vaulter. I think that's a great way to get people going. So if you post anything on Twitter or Instagram, put hashtag youth PV challenge and why don't you tag apex vaulting? That'd be awesome. We'd love to see Everyone out there trying to coach as many youth athletes as possible. And for anybody in the New Jersey area, finally, July 20th, we're 12 days away. We're hosting our Northeast Pole Vault Club Championships. You definitely got to check it out. What an amazing meet. Last year, we had 100 competitors. We have championship belts for the winners, and we had prize money for the open competitors. Um, I think that's all I got to tell you guys about. So let's get started. I've had Jason Church on before as a guest. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, he coaches at Southern Regional High School. He is the head coach. Um, on the last podcast, I don't remember, I don't think you were head coach yet.
1: It was about to happen.
0: Yeah. And um, you also coached in the Division II NCAA level. You've had national champs. Um, where did you coach in Division II again? South Dakota State. Yeah, and you used to coach against Derek Miles, right?
1: Yeah, we were rivals every yeah. week, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you must have got a kick out of that Chris Nielsen podcast, uh, you know, because he gets coached by Derek Miles, and it was, it was so cool to have him talk about that. It's, it's amazing what a small world, a uh, pole vault world we live definitely, in. You definitely, definitely. Um, today, what I kind of wanted to talk about with Jason, and we've talked about it on numerous occasions, is – the competitive competitiveness of track, and where does competitiveness uh, sit in track? Like, is should we be competitive with one another? You know, I, I mean, for instance, between us two, I mean, we're good friends, but man. I hate losing to you and I'm sure you hate losing to me. Um, We're definitely competitive at meets, even though again, we're friends and I I mean, heck, I let you that poll even before we really knew each other uh, that well, but it's like, you're still competitive. How do you feel about being competitive as far as track and
1: field? Well, to me, uh, first of all, thanks for having me again. Glad to be here. (laughs) No problem. But to me, competition's everything. Um, It's all about winning and losing. And, it's very easy in our sport to get hung up on uh, records and performance, but really the wins are forever; they don't go away. And
0: right.
1: uh, and you know, just personally, now that I'm a head coach, you know, it's it's much more about the team, um, and winning's even more more important to me than it ever was from a team perspective, and obviously the jumpers and vaulters that I coach contribute to those wins and yeah that's important to me too but uh, if it's not competitive then i'm not sure i'm not sure why we're doing it i think to me ultimately i get get involved in sports to compete and win
0: yeah i mean I, i i almost think of it you know i have one brother he's he's younger but anytime we did anything whether it was something in the backyard some little game or video video games or even grades you know I want to beat my brother. You know, I get competitive. Like, that's what makes it interesting, you know? And I definitely think that that's a part of it. I know even at the club, like, I can see kids in line, you know, and I sometimes even encourage the competitiveness. You know, kids are watching other, you know, members in the practice, you know, jumping, and that pushes them, you know? Oh, man, did, did that person wrap the 12-, 13-foot bungee? All right, I got to get after it. Got, I got to do that too. And I think that's always something that... Even uh, Mike Lorick, who I've had on the podcast, we've talked about that in the team or in the club atmosphere in Polvo. It's really nice because you have so many people at practice that are pushing each other. Sure, you know, and and I think at a meet you definitely have to be competing. You know, I, I think sometimes when I, you know, I mean I remember one experience. I I went to a, a professional meet at Icon Stadium. It was Diamond League meet. And you know what? The weather wasn't perfect. It, it was drizzling a little bit. It wasn't a super nice day. Um, but, I mean, I, I paid money to go watch people compete, you know. And, you know, it wasn't even so much that the men's height was 18, the women's height was 14. That's not that big a deal. But what more so was like watching them jump, they didn't look that into it that day. You know, you could just tell like they were kind of pissed. It was drizzling. They knew they weren't going to jump high that day. They're all wrapped up in marks, you know. And to me, it's like, as a fan, how am I supposed to get fired up and want to go out and watch people at a track meet if they don't even look competitive? They're not push. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not pushing for a win.
1: Well, I think that's something they need to be more conscious of: is that people do come to watch them compete. It's it's not just about you and the other people competing that day even if you are very competitive but people come to see you perform and obviously in our sport we're not the greatest at presentation um, and, we, and we, we lose a lot when it comes to fans I mean uh, uh, even in here in New Jersey like, uh, at the high school level our, our sport is so strong event through event by yeah. event and most people come to meet are just parents and well-wishers there are very few fans that come so right. there's something missing there. Um, yeah, I remember, you uh, ever heard the quote from Joe DiMaggio, you know, why he mm-hmm. played every day or got a hit? Right, away. right, right, right. It because someone out there is seeing me for the first time. Right. You know, and I owe it to them to put my best foot forward.
0: Right, right, right. And and you brought up something earlier, too. It's like, as far as competitiveness and the winning and losing and, and really going out there and pushing, it's like, wins can't be taken away. Right? If you losing were an Olympic forever. champion, that's it. You're an Olympic champion. But records go. You know, I mean, in another sport, let's take the NFL. Joe Montana didn't didn't throw as many yards as Peyton Manning, or throw as many touchdowns as who knows today, close. you know, but he's still a three-time Super Bowl champ. You know, he still performed under pressure when it counted, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that that sometimes like man, it's like I just I feel like sometimes we're missing that in track. We don't get to see that because as much as our, our sport is a numbers game, right? Like we know how fast people run. We know how far someone throws. We know how high someone jumps in the pole vault. At the end of the day, you still have to do it when it matters, right? It's like it doesn't matter if you have the world leading mark, but then you lose world championships. You know, what, yeah. is, what does that count?
1: Yeah. I'd, you know? I trade that leading mark for the, for the gold medal every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I always talk about, too, it's like sometimes when you look at the marks – it's like these people are inches apart. This is not like feet, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not like, oh, my God, like I won with 17 feet at World Championships. Like that's not even going to be probably opening matter. bar. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, but it's like these, it people are, these people are so close. And it's like, you know, I feel like that needs to be more important. It's like, okay, but who shows up and is consistent enough and wins the most? That should matter too,
1: you know? Agreed. Yeah. Those are the people I'm fans of. The people that show up and compete. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you think
0: causes this? Like, why Why don't you think it's as competitive as it should be?
1: Um, Well, in in our sport, uh, you know, a lot of it becomes chasing marks. For instance, where you have to qualify for certain levels of competition, you have to hit certain marks, and instead of just winning your way in, like the Olympic trials, which it's gotten to the point now where a lot of people are criticizing our system. Because they're so used to chasing marks. Right. Um, but to me, yeah, we've talked about, yeah, playoffs are, are the thing that, that is king in our, in our country when it comes to sports. Yeah. People want to see final four brackets and, and whatnot, and uh, maybe that's something we should consider. But, but to me, I think, yeah, I think part of that we get hung up on, especially in pole ball, where it's so tangible and visual. Uh, right. want to jump higher than the next guy or maybe, maybe not higher than the next guy, but higher than the bar they need to make. Right. For the next meet, um, you know, when you're way in, you know, in New Jersey, we have the sectional system. you got to be in the top six or right, right, forget right. it. And I, I think that's fine. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, you got to do it.
0: Well, I, I feel like, too, every, again, people get hung up on marks, but it's like... Man, I even look at the NCAA the way they do it, right? It's like, you know, sure, you got to qualify for the regional meet outdoors. But then at regionals, you have to jump high enough to move on. And what tends to happen is, like, there's always someone who maybe can't. Like, that mark would not have qualified them for indoor nationals. But then they get All-American at nationals. You know what I mean? Because they're forced to compete. It matters more. Well, I tell
1: you, I don't know how it is now. I was there... When I was in Eastern Michigan the first year mm-hmm. that Division One started doing the regional system, yeah, and I thought it was fantastic. And I had a girl who who had no business placing, and she triple PR'd in the regional meet.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And uh, placed third or something, and got and got through. And that yeah. was just the that wouldn't have happened. Right, she wouldn't, have, wouldn't have made it under the old system, and maybe she should, maybe shouldn't have. But it was such a cool moment that she was she had that opportunity to come to knock her way in. Right. And, and I, I think that w- what we
0: sometimes fail to see in, in track is like competing and being on that stage where now it matters how you place, you know, it's not just the height. It matters how you place that pushes people to perform better. I mean, like you brought up the, you know, New Jersey high school system. I mean, you see it all the time. You, you get to, you get to the sectionals, you get to groups, you get to meet a champs. Someone jumps out of their pants and someone else chokes, you know, and it, and it happens. This is a, the reality of of competing, right? Like the some people of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah, right? and some people can handle pressure, some people can't handle pressure, so, and that's part of being an athlete is being dealing a coach with that. too. Well, just sure,
1: preparing kids for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preparing kids for that, and I I think even as a coach, you personally have to be able to handle the pressure and making decisions.
1: Oh, yeah, and it helps just doing it a million times. Well, yeah, um, you know, just personally, that's a good, a good point. But um, the, good, the, the good baller that I have now, indoors, we got, I, don't, I forget even what meet it was now, but she was very ill. And I said, well, regardless of what I'm studying, this is a good experience because when you're the number one seed at the state meet next one year or something, right? and then you're sick, you're going to have to deal with it. So today, we're going to learn how to deal with being not at our best. Right. In a situation where we in something we can't control and now we have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and kinda of going back to the example I gave of being at Icon Stadium and maybe unfavorable conditions, like here's the thing, and, and listen, I, I was guilty of it as a coach when I was younger. You know, when I had certain athletes that were chasing certain records and trying to hit certain marks, it's like you show up to the meet and the weather's not great, you're like, Oh, this sucks. We're not gonna jump high today. And you, kinda, you could tell, like, you, you've lost the, the motivation to jump that day. But it's like, okay, but what happens when you show up to states? Or what happens when you show up to USAs? Or what happens when you show up to, you know, nationals or world championships and it's not a great weather day?
1: Well, I know, didn't this just, just happen this week? Someone, I was looking at some social media thing where... Who's the top American baller? Not Sandy Morris. Cajun yeah. uh, Jacques. She, she didn't. She had some meat yesterday or somewhere. And, and she pulled out. She said, Yeah. To yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it was like. Could have been a monsoon. could have been the worst thing of all right, time. Right, right. Really dangerous. If that's the case, I apologize. But to me, that just jumped out at me. Yeah, like, yeah. You got yeah. to you gotta do something. Right. Well, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I don't know her. And I don't. I, yeah, and we, we don't know what the that, weather was that's like. That's the kind of thing that jumped. Like, I think, go back to Joe DiMaggio. I'm like. He would have it, you know? Right. And and, and look, I, I think... If it was a dangerous situation, then I get it. But yeah. But that, that just kind of
0: But I, I remember, I think back to like the London Olympics. The women's final was in terrible weather. Yeah. You know, and, and Jen sure was able to make adjustments and do whatever she needed to do to still win that day. And, you know, I, I think Jen and Rick are a perfect example of people that they kind of jump through a lot of conditions, especially in their training facility, you know, that they're kind of, they're prepared to kind of do that. You know what I mean? Um, but how many people, because you always shut it down because of poor weather, you don't feel like it's a good venue or whatever. Well, now you're not prepared when it, when it actually matters. You know, you can't just jump when it's perfect. You know, I, I always talk about it. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't be so sensitive as a pole bolter. You know, you have to be able to deal with conditions, you know. I, I even think sometimes, like, you know, I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, you know, my public club championships. It can get packed at the club. You know, we we have two pits going. The pits are tight together. You know, it's really it's, – it's borderline chaos. But the thing is, like, if you're some vaulter where you need it to be quiet, you need it to be – everything to be really, like, standardized and, you know, you don't want any loud noises or you don't – you know. Or, or if like uh, just something's off, you know, if, oh my God, I mean, you have some people that they're like, oh, I don't like the tape on this pole. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, you have to be able to go. You have to be able to go. And I, and I think that's something when you're forced to compete, you know, you will make the adjustment. You will figure it out. Like it, it forces you to figure it out,
1: you know? Not to go off the subject, but, no, go ahead. but I I always pointed to that when, you know, indoors. You know, I don't have an indoor facility, so we have to right, right. do. And most of the jumping we do indoors is in meets. But and we, you know, we, generally speaking, especially in December and January, step behind the club kids. We call them the club kids. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, could, I always tell them, don't worry. Come outdoors. We'll catch up. Yeah, yeah. For a couple of reasons, we'll get more reps and get more experience. But we will be jumping outside, and, and right. we will be more prepared to deal with the elements when we all have to deal with the elements. So that's something yeah. I use to motivate my kids. And, and when they worry about, you know, the club kids, that are thousands of reps ahead of them. Yeah, so yeah. Don't worry, We'll catch up.
0: Well, no, I, and, and look, I think that's something that as the years have gone by, I definitely, like, I think about that a lot, you know? I mean, okay, we're going to practice indoors because that's, you know, we don't really have much of a choice. No. This is the club. Um, but the thing is, like, I try to get my kids as prepared as possible for variables, you know? Like, for example, at the club, like... There's, I'll use three lefts as an example. There's a million ways to vary a three left approach, right? Like you could do an overhead carry, not even plant the pole. You can do a low carry. You can do a regular carry. You could do uh, just a takeoff. You could just do a swing into the pit, land on your butt. You can, you can do a fly away. You could do a full jump. You can go straight pole. You can go pull that bends, you know? So it's like, I'm always varying things and I'm trying to mix things up. I, I, I don't want athletes to get married to any one thing you know and also i mean like if you want to prevent run throughs you got to be able to cycle through different approaches and different drills yeah. so that you avoid story, that yeah. you know whereas like you know you get some athletes they're like oh my god i need like especially at a club like you know you'll have multiples of the same pole right so it's like you know you don't want to get a kid into that situation where they're like well this isn't my 12 like no. There is a twelve twenty at the meet, be happy. You know what I mean? And even sometimes like you know, I, I was talking to somebody tonight, it's like, you know, my kids get used to like there's so many meets going on at the same day. It's like, okay, let's say my line of eleven sixes is out, well, I could just bring my line of twelves to the other meet and that'll That'll fine. We'll just adjust accordingly yeah. with the kid, and the kids are fine with that. That's great. But, but yeah, Most you, kids aren't. yeah, yeah. But you get, a, you get a, lot, a lot of athletes out there that if if you start to really, you know, kind of go back to what we were talking about before, only chase marks, well, now they're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to PR today because I don't have this pull. Yeah. Dude, don't worry about that. you got to jump and compete, and we'll see – what we need to be on by the end of the day, but I mean, how many times too? It's like you end up pring on a smaller pole or something like that, or you end up pring in a situation that you didn't anticipate. But you have to try for that to happen. You know, you can't just give up. You know?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think it's great. I mean, I right I mean, with my beginners, I try to move them up poles quickly, not in terms of grip and whatnot, but just to so they're comfortable switching. Right. Is yeah. I, I remember when I co- the last college I coached at St. Francis in Pennsylvania. I had a freshman come in from Maryland. She was like a nine footer or something, and she brought her pole with her. And it was a spear pole. I don't even know. It was a small, pole. and it had stickers all over it. And uh-huh. it had her fancy tape on it. like, yeah, This yeah. is my pole. I'm like, all right, put it down over there. We'll use it if we need it. Yeah. And her face went white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said, yeah. We're gonna use the pole that we're gonna need in that situation. Right. That's it. I go. Maybe maybe not.
0: <laughs> right. 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 And and the thing is is like you, you have, like imagine this scenario. Imagine you're at a meet. You're trying to PR, maybe even go for the win, and you blow through your biggest pole and somebody happens to have the next poll up, but maybe it's not the same brand or whatever. You know what I mean? It's something that'll fit. It's it should be the next poll. but uh, it's just you got to be be willing to try. Sure. You know. Um I, I think also – they would loan holes to people at, uh, at major championships? Who knows? Um, but, <laughs> but you know you know what's funny too is like I, I feel like sometimes in the vault world, you know we are a close-knit community. We help each other out and stuff like that. But there has to be also that kind of line where it's like, okay, we can be friends but also want to beat the crap out of each other sure. at the meet. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's something that's a little bit missing. You know what I mean? It's like, look, like if I lose, I should be pissed off. If I win, I should be excited, you know, but it, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you explain that to someone? That idea of like being competitive, but not like maybe hating someone else. Cause I feel like a little bit in the public community, I get the sense. It's like, everybody's a best friend
1: and are they all best friends? Is this all, is this all true? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's strange but I, it's hard for me to relate to because the end of the day I just want to win and and you know've I've been at, at southern regional a long time now and and I'm I'm pretty friendly I would even call some of my rival coaches friends right and when they beat me I will shake their hands and I'll be happy for them but I will be sick to my stomach yeah. two seconds later right whereas you know I see things going around in, in major league Pole Vaulting where so PRs, and the guy who's already out and already lost, like, runs into the pit to hug them. I'm like, yeah,
0: that's crazy.
1: Oh, I couldn't do that.
0: Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah, and Yeah, and, and look, like, I'm not... I don't, I don't think that, you know, people need to be, like, uh, you know, UFC athletes, like, you know, shit-talking one another. Yeah. But it's just, there is that funky line, which, if we go back to as being a fan, too, it's like, I'm sitting in the stands, I thought I was watching a competition, and now what I'm watching is yeah, everybody man. hugging one another, like... Uh, I'm bored. Like, yeah. why, why, what am I watching here? You know, it's like, I, w- I want to see people competing against one another. You know, I want that intensity. I mean, I think back to like the 97 World Championship with Sergey Bupka, Maxim Tarasov, and Dean Starkey. And I remember listening to the commentary of Dean Starkey talk about that. Bupka did not want to lose that day. No. You know, and him and Tarasov were talking trash to one another. <laughs> it's like, If you're sitting in the stands watching that, you could see that intensity unfolding. You know, these are not guys that are high-fiving each other after each jump, you know.
1: I was at a meet once in in Arkansas, uh, University of Arkansas, and there were were some pro-level guys long jumping, and I don't remember who they were, it was 20 plus years ago now, and they were, were, I don't know if they were training partners or what, they were very friendly with each other, but man, they were dropping bombs, and they are like, Pointing at each other,
0: yeah, 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 and
1: they're like, "Okay, what do you get?" I mean, and the fans were going nuts. It was one of the few places where I saw fan interaction with the competition, right, not right, not right. responding to a great performance, but yeah, 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 Those guys were after it. I, 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 I wasn't sure if they hated each other, or loved each other, yeah, yeah. But I knew they were competing like crazy, and and people were into it, and and I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think I don't think anybody hugged each other after they lost. On, on that day, I'm, I'm sure they shook hands and, and smiled, and, and it was great, but yeah, it needs to be a little more intense. I'm just the main just well, loser. I, I think about like Yankees versus
0: Red Sox. You know, yeah. regardless of how those teams well, are million, doing, they're
1: still well known fight each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a brawl last year, I mean. Right, and,
0: and the thing is, regardless of how those teams are doing in season, like whether they're playoff caliber or not, there is still that intensity at the game. Yeah, Every time. And, right and that draws fans. People want to sure. watch. that. That's always like the nationally televised series, always. you know? Um, so it's like, at that competitive aspect is, is super, super important. Um, I, I just... I think sometimes it's hard as a fan if you're watching and you don't see that. You don't see that competitiveness. And I think also then that's why – I mean, look, shocker, I think the most popular pole vaulting events are usually World Championship and Olympics because that's the rare times where you actually see everyone on edge competing. Plus they're all there. Yeah, yeah. I mean all all the big ones are there.
1: They're all there.
0: Well, and sometimes that's where you see the dark horses come out. Yeah. You know, because like we talked about prior to the podcast, a lot of times these professional meets, there's like the handful of people that are the regulars at the meets and then they find filler. Yeah. But it's like you don't always see the the best of the best going against each other, you know, where, you know, at the World's and Olympics. It's
1: it's tough because I I think – on the one hand it's a glorious time especially on the men on the men's side for, for the pole vault there are so many good guys right yeah,
0: now yeah right now it's like off yeah, the but charts. it just
1: seems like and I, I don't follow it as closely as you do I, mean, I try but it seems like it, we, they go to each week they go to it's like okay it's this this guy's turn to win kind right, of right 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 you know uh, but man the NCAA meet was, the NCAA men's meet was insane I mean yeah, yeah a lot had yeah. a great vault uh, and then yeah the other day the Lisk one, uh-huh. he had a national record
0: right he's yeah he he jumped 601 yeah
1: yeah well
0: and and here's the thing for me it's like i kind of after the meets like i want to hear you know let's say from a sam kendricks if he lost like hey what happened today like what what did you need to happen differently for you to get the win today you know what was missing what you know um it's it's tough though ask him that I don't know. I mean, that's the other problem. What would you want to problem. hear
1: if, if someone asked that question? i go, why didn't jump as high as he Okay,
0: did? so, I mean, I'm a real technical guy, so I would love to hear, like, if he felt like something was off. Like, ah, oh, you know, my approach just wasn't there, my plant timing was off, or, you know, we tried this pole, it didn't work, and maybe we got to go back down, or maybe we've got to go back up. and You know what I mean? Like, I, I would love to the hear. You know what I would want
1: to hear? Yeah. I want to hear, everybody. well, he jumped that high. That means I could have jumped that high. And I got to find out what went wrong. So next time I win and jump out. Right, yeah, I mean, well, exactly. That's what I would want to hear. I mean, at that level,
0: yeah. you know, again, those guys are so tightly packed. You know, I mean, Lisek jumped 6.01. Sam's lifetime best is 6. You know, Mondo was in that competition. His best 6.05. Yeah. Renault is there. I mean, he's coming back from injury, yeah. so he, he jumped 5.80, which was good for him at that time. Still you know, But, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's still, yeah, 5.80 is 19 feet. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about 8 inches. 8 inches, you know, separated them. I'm you doing know,
1: it visually folks, Yeah, so. yeah,
0: <laughs> but I—I I mean, to me, it's like I—yeah—I nice would love to hear that kind of kind of breakdown. I—I um, th- I think I think again, and we were kind of talking bigger picture. I mean, what hurts track, and and I think you were alluding to this is that unfortunately, if you go to a track meet, a lot of times. It's hard for fans to follow what's going on oh, with misses okay. and makes and you know, forget you have no about, idea who's winning. And forget about hearing uh, adjustments. You're not gonna know like, hey, Renault just went up a pole for his second attempt at blah blah blah. You know, you know, you know,
1: It's like, okay, they they the tire tire pressure they they changed yeah. The yeah, it would be fascinating if they had. Okay, what are you you going to do in this you well, right this, this, Right, Right, you That would be neat, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, uh, which, you
0: know, you know, you know, you know, find is, funny is like sometimes I almost feel like people think that's like a secret. It's like, dude. If I jump on five meter poles, right? Which we'll bring that up in a second. But 16, four, uh, 16 foot four inch yeah. poles, right? If I jump on a sixteen four pole, and all of a sudden I find out, oh my god, Jason's on seventeen foot poles. I got to switch. You can't just do that. You don't. You know, it's like it's like. Listen, if if yeah. Jason can bench three fifteen and my best two fifty. Well, good luck. I'm not just benching three fifteen today. You know, it's like. I can't do that. So. Yeah, I, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think like hearing adjustments is going to give like, oh my God, it's going to be like, oh my God, Mondo went up a pole, adjust- I
1: got to go up the pole. Adjustments are very personal. Yeah, like, uh,
0: yeah. It's, it's just like in NASCAR. It's uh, like, that's great. Okay, if we found out they're only changing two tires, we know we got to do this if we want to have a chance, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, t- t- in America, I feel like we should be talking standard all the time. You know what I mean? Like, what I, I don't know why everybody loves talking metric. I, I mean, that I think is a barrier for fans to love our sport in America. Because, My father
1: like, was complaining about yes. it the other day. We were looking at. I was showing him the video. Will Clay jumped and triple jump last weekend. Jump third furthest jump in, in world history, fifty nine six, whatever the metric is, eighteen. Something I yeah. don't even know. Right. And I was showing the video of my dad. And he goes, "What's how far is that?" He's looking at the metric on the on the video. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "How so far is that?" I don't know what that is. You know. Yeah. yeah. And my dad's been in track his entire life, fifty years uh, plus, and he doesn't want to hear from metric. So I I, th- I think you're right personally. I look at it as, as like like a bilingual thing. I think at least from right, right. a perspective. Yeah, yeah. We know what four meters is, we know what five meters is. Right. We know what six meters is. Right, right, and right. We know fifteen centimeters is six inches and to me it's all automatic in my head. Right, right, right. But I know most people it's just okay, she jumped four twenty or whatever, four twenty five. What does that mean? I'm like right, it's right. just high. We, we yeah, just know yeah. it's high. But yeah, you're right. I think, you know, we either gotta go all in or or, or just or stick to standard. I think I think, you know, we've the metric. How long? How many years has they have they been trying to shoehorn metric in North America anyway? Forty years at least, right? Yeah, yeah. And we haven't gone all in. So
0: right, and and you know what I feel too is like when people start talking in metric, I almost feel like people think it's like, oh, you see, I I know the metric. It's so. a pretentious thing. Yeah, it's a pretentious thing. It's like it's like you're a wine snob. You know what I mean? And then and then if you don't know the metric, well, obviously you're not a pole vault fan. It's like. Dude, no, if we want more people to understand this, we need to explain these things. And that's why I think just talking in standards is a lot easier. And I mean, most Americans, if they say, oh, this person jumped six meters, they're not going to really know. Like, you know what I mean? They can't uh, think in their head, well, what is that? Mean? Why is he
1: jumping 19.8? Why isn't he trying for 20 feet? Yeah, you get 60 that. meters is more important than
0: 20 feet. Well, to, right. To, to in, yeah, in Europe, day. especially, right? Um, I remember hearing something one time. They were saying that a lot of Americans uh, hit, I think, what is it? They have trouble getting 19 feet because that's like a barrier in America mentally. But then a lot of the guys that get 19 end up jumping six meters, right? 19 because in America, Cause six meters yeah. didn't
1: meet as much than right. Either, yeah. Whereas
0: like in the in Europe, 19 is not, you know what I mean? It's but nothing. that it's right a road
1: apple on the way, right? To six meters.
0: But it's six meters is tough. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just you know, and and who knows? It's I mean, talk about again. As much as our sport is numbers, it does come back. To mentality, sure. you know what I mean—the mental aspect. Oh, when comes I was a kid
1: play. in high school, and when I was starting in thirteen was the magic number. Right. I had a teammate that jumped thirteen, and we thought he was, yeah, the, yeah. the bee's knees, yeah, as yeah, my yeah. grandmother would say. But yeah, like that was crazy and that unattainable. That was the thing we all died to do. And I, now I think it's a lot higher, at least around these parts. But yeah. I, I think yeah. girls vaulting has changed that too. But
0: oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't know if I ever 100%. would pull off
1: if girls were vaulting back then. Yeah. I don't know if I could have taken. losing the girls
0: (laughs) uh yeah you know what's funny is um i don't know if you heard um so rick sure made a post which then some of the pole vault meme pages kind of poked fun at but rick sure talked about like you know kind of complained about the beach vaults the street vaults and you know how the marks shouldn't count because they're raised runways and so on and so forth and he almost equated. I think
1: there's something to that.
0: Well, that's what so so hear me out. So he yeah. said he's also exactly. equating raised runways to almost like the same as steroids because they're both cheating. Um, and then, you know, and then he talked about how women's vault used to be considered a class A event and now it's a class C event. You know, and the thing that I feel like Rick kind of forgets is yeah, because women's pole vault in 2000 was brand new and a record was being broken every year. Yeah. That's kind of why it was a Class A event, I feel. But he's almost blaming the street meets and all that kind of stuff for kind of lowering the value of the, the, the event. But my thing is, besides all that, what the heck is someone supposed to do? Like in this level where they have to chase marks to go to yeah, USA's, yeah. if you're not the guy or gal who gets invited to Diamond League meets, what the heck are you supposed to do? You have to go to some meet to qualify.
1: Oh, and that, and the, most of those things are tons of fun. I mean, just to, yeah. just to be around more and more pole vault people. and uh, Now they're doing more and more uh, you know, meets where they're, they're long jumping, high jumping, throwing, mm-hmm. a shot in the streets. I think all that stuff's great. But at the end of the day, yeah, you, you, you shouldn't be sacrificing big-time track and field meets to go to those things as well. But, yeah, I think there aren't enough meets to go to. So right. if there is a beach vault or a street vault that you can get to, go to it. Yeah, right. I will, you know, I will encourage my athletes to do those things in the summertime just to go. But yeah, yeah, um, I do think he has a point, though. I think, I think, yeah, I think records are meant to records anyway. should be meant to be as part of a regular track and field meet. If a, if a football kicker kicked a seventy-five yard field goal in a, a non-game where they were just kicking field goals or right, right, free throws right. in basketball. It's not quite the same Yeah, as yeah. if it was part of a, a big game that mattered. Right, right, right. And well, also in our sport, though, the team thing is lost at that level, well, the, the, uh, except the, when they're running relays. Um, so it's hard to say they need to be a part of a, a full meet. But I don't know. That's, well, a, that's, good, that's a good point.
0: Well, I, I think it's, it's a tough spot to be in with the way the system runs right now. What I think is only natural and what I think would be better is, like we were talk, we've been talking about, is if there's a playoff system. You know, I mean the thing is USATF already has like the kind of infrastructure to do it because every state basically has a USATF meet that like almost no one goes to. You know what I mean? So – but the reason they don't go to them is because they don't matter. Those meets don't matter. But if – now those meets could be like maybe the first round of the playoffs. So it's like you go to your USATF state meet. You qualify for the next round, I love and that. then you have maybe one more round before you get to USA's. Well, now, one, you're going to get more fans because now every state is going to have a local or pseudo uh, local meet that they can go to where there's going to be some stars because they have to go, they have to qualify for the next round, and you get to see excitement because now it matters. I, I, I'll tell you what, I think you see less people being buddy buddy <laughs> at a qualifying meet than at a run-of-the-mill meet. You know what I mean? Because it's like, now it's going to matter. And what I love is like, then it doesn't matter how high they jump. Whether they set a record or not doesn't even matter. It's like, did they finish whatever, top six, whatever it takes to move on to the next round. That's what's going to matter at that meet. And now you go to the next round. And here's the thing. It's fair because everybody was in the same location, jumped in the same environment, it is what it is, because now the problem is like I get it. You know, maybe some people are like, oh, well, raise runways are faster, or maybe this place, is, you know, has this favorable condition. I don't know what else you're supposed to do right now. I mean, I, I personally, I, I made a comment to somebody. I go, you know, what I think is silly. It's like some of these marks that get you into the meet. You're talking about the difference of a quarter of an inch. Right. You're telling me everybody measured correctly. Right. I'm supposed to trust that. I mean, you know how it goes. Sometimes at these meets, they don't have a measuring tool even, which I'm sure they're off by something. But then it's like, how many of these meets, it's like a guy takes a fiberglass tape measure, tapes it to a pole. And that, that's so fudged. Like that is such a fudged mark. You know what I mean? It's like, and you're going to tell me that's going to get someone into USAs. So I, I understand the frustration that Rick has, but it's like, this is the problem with the system. The system has a flaw because it's like otherwise, okay, let's say I'm like, I don't know, 1710 guy. Where do I go to get a mark right now? USA is in a couple weeks. I don't have much of a choice. There's no like. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You know yeah. what I mean? Semi pro league that I can go join. You might not to try be to get a the mark. best
1: way to do it, but it's the, it's the only way we have to do it right now.
0: Right. But yeah, a playoff system, I think, would solve a lot of issues. One, we'd see more competitive meets. You know, we, we, we'd see that. Then you get rid of this whole, like, fudging numbers thing. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I can't even imagine other events, like, some of the issues. You know what I mean? Like, I still, um, you know, I heard rumors. I don't know if you heard these rumors. Allegedly, allegedly, Flojo's world record in the 100. Did you, hear, did you hear the rumor that I
1: heard about it? What, something new? I don't uh,
0: apparently, allegedly, allegedly. I don't know I heard stories that the wind gauge was broken that day and that that was a wind wind aided hundred meters on top of you know whatever supplements she was taking but
1: (laughs) yeah I thought that was more of the
0: yeah but I mean but you know like oh my god wind aided you know what I mean if that happened at you at outdoor USA's back then you're telling me if I go to like some college meet you're telling me the wind gauge is always working Come on! No. <laughs> so I mean, that's what I think is crazy. Whereas, like, if you if you just go off of a playoff system, now the you know, How even come Paul Vault can't be winning. I know. I feel like that's the pole vault people being like, dude, come on, man. Like, yeah. Especially
1: in Texas. Oh, my goodness, yeah.
0: I mean, no, I mean, there, look, there's definitely, you know, there's certain meets, whether it's atmosphere or whatever, that just gets better results. And I, I think, going back to kind of what we were saying, I, I think sometimes these beach balls and stuff like that, forget about the raised runway, forget about all that other nonsense. I think just being in a great atmosphere gets people to jump higher. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it. I've, se- I've seen people like... I, I, I've yeah, said yeah. all the time, yeah. Craig Van yeah. Leeuwen, regardless of how high he jumped throughout the year, he always jumped better at beach vault because it was just such a great environment to jump in. I mean, if somebody wants to just tell me it's the raised runway, I don't know because I've seen him jump on raised runways and not yeah. jump well. You know what I mean? But th- I just think the atmosphere always brought out the best in him. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I, – I think if, if we had a playoff system now, you're, you're making everybody – Plan, you don't have to convince me.
1: I'm, I'm a fan of, of winning your way into things. Um, wins me more than marks.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, my dad used to always say, well, actually, you know, my, my old coach um, at Southern used to say, like, if, if people, he had really super elite runners and people would complain that they weren't running fast enough at certain points in the season. then he would always say, don't worry, they will. And what yeah. he, he would tell them all the time was, we just, you know, just beat. Just beat people. If you beat enough people, you'll get right. every mark you want. Right. And, and, and that's somewhat tough in certain situations, but man, if you win every, every meet, you're going to jump pretty high.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that, that's Sam Kendricks' thing, too. Yeah. He says the problem, he's like, a lot of people go to meets, like a championship meet, they try to overreach. Like, okay, well, this is national, so no, I gotta I'm get in this off. pole. No, man, just stay in your lane, do your normal, yeah. and then put yourself in a position when it matters that maybe you can do something. And that's why Sam ends up being so consistent. I mean, he's won the first couple Diamond League meets this year, you know. Um, he's super consistent. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't fault the guy for his logic i think that logic makes yeah. sense and it goes along with what you're saying if you're playing to win you know you show up every day you know, that's
1: your goal those marks will will happen you know and those are always my favorite athletes to coach were the ones that for whatever reason time in time out got at least what they were projected to get right and they compete at least you know if they're supposed to get third they get at least third if not more right and those are the ones that you know ultimately do the best but those uh, that those those the ones that are easy I
0: really like the athletes that are seated 19th and then place fourth <laughs> Emily Shipley <laughs> but um, but yeah no I, I I agree I mean like it's it's the athletes that show up day in and day out and they they produce yeah. you know they, they they go to work you know um, and and that's a that's a big part of it you know and I think I think for fans like we want to see people compete we want to see them go out there and and really really grind for it Um. I don't know. I, I I think that that's the big draw in a lot of other sports. You know, you know, it's like, you know, let's say, you know, when when Peyton Manning was on the Colts, like you knew when the Patriots and Tom Brady were going to play Indianapolis, like you were going to see, you know, a dogfight. You know, these people are really going to go at it. You know, um, like we talked about Yankees and Red Sox. You know, it's like you know when those two teams face off. I mean, they're they might literally fight each other, you know? So I, I think that's that's a big draw for fans. I mean, they know when it's an intense battle like that, it, it matters, you know?
1: So that's, mean, so that's what we need. We need to find a way to get these guys to get after each other a little bit more than just getting after the a bo- Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, like, look, like... I would love to see one of those guys clear six, six meters and then... The other guy. Like, okay, can you do that? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We're right at them. Yeah, come okay, on.
0: What? Well, just just look at other sports. I mean, just to use a football analogy. Like, it's great when, let's say, you might watch a game like um, the Chiefs and the Rams this year had that big shootout, yeah. a lot of points and whatever. But what made that game exciting? It was competitive. But here's the other thing. As much as it might be fun to watch a quarterback throw for six touchdowns, as much as it might be nice to see a guy hit three home runs in a game, the thing is, at the end of the day, if they don't win the games, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like the stats are great, but it's like even those guys that were chasing the home run records all those years ago, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, like that's great, but they didn't win the World Series. You know? Not one of those guys won a World Series. You know? And so it's like what you always want to be able to go back to, like you said, really? is winning. of those guys won a World Series? No. I mean, well, I'm saying when Barry was hitting all those home runs, um, the Giants went to the World Series that year. They won after he left? Maybe, yeah, they I won think after you're right. he left. The wire yeah, won yeah. Yeah. when he was very young. Yeah. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. But not when he was chasing <laughs> the records. So it's like, that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, records are, are, are great, but they're, they're only great if, if they lead to something. Like a victory. You know, it's like I, like you said. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that's great. Like, people can talk about breaking the world record. But if you go to Olympics and you don't win, it doesn't matter. You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just, I just feel like that's, that's more important. You know, and to fans, that's more important. Because I'll tell you what. There's no quicker way to make fans not like you is that if you have, let's say, the world record... And you're picked to win and you don't win? Ugh. Talk about... It. Fans get turned off by that. I mean, like, that's... That's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like... I mean, that's, that's always the knock on Dan Marino, right? Never won a Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: You know? And he played in the one, I think, right? Like
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then never won, you know? Yeah. So it's like the, the the winning aspect needs to become more important, you know? It's not just about how high you jump. I mean, that's... That's great. You know, obviously, if you jump a certain height, you're in that collection of people that could possibly win. And that's important. But it's like, man, if...
1: I'd we- love to see him. if we could get some sort of, a, at that level, some sort of a team, some team some team meets going. I know, I know in Europe and in Australia, that even most of the top people still compete for their club, their sporting clubs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. they do have some club championships. And stuff right, and right. That. Uh, I'd love to see something where, where they're competing for their team, not just for themselves. Where there's a little, little more on the line than just the personal. And certainly, I, I don't even know if it has to be a USA thing. It could be a regional thing.
0: You know? Right, 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 right.
1: And you, you know, you came up with the idea of having regional meets as far as qualifying. But I think that, yeah. I think we got to get team more involved. Well, I know coaching high school. You know, after coaching college for ten years, where uh, the thing that keeps me going. Where you know technically it seems like I'm coaching at a lower level, but you know, all, almost everything counts at a team level. And you know, mm-hmm. this year we, we we got we won some more team things, and uh, it was just so much more rewarding than just having a conference or or, or a state individual champion. Right. So, uh, t- team uh, team sports are are big in this country. Uh, we got to find a way, I think, to get teams of all. I don't know if there is a way, but I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I'm, I'm a little bit selfish. I'm, I'm looking more at the vault. But yeah. yeah. No, I, I look, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, like, you know, because I, I think a lot of people talk about growing the sport. A lot of people talk about the popularity and, you know, how, how do you make this sport more popular? I mean, like, clearly the way it runs right now does not make it popular. I think it makes it more exclusive. Like, I used the example of, like, wine snobs before. It's like, look, like there wouldn't be a lot of people drinking wine if every time you walked into like a wine store, or liquor store that had wine and you asked the guy about wine and he looked at, looked down at you because you right. didn't understand something already. And it's like our sport is not very in, inviting. You know, I mean, I think a lot of times too, even um, I feel like when you ask questions of certain athletes, sometimes they get offended. They don't want to answer the questions. You know what I mean? And it's like, Dude, someone actually gives a shit about what you do. You should probably answer the question. You know what I mean? Like, I, and and I feel like that that's something that that matters. You know, being more inviting to fans, find ways to engage the fan base, and whether that's with a playoff system, doing some team thing. But it's like these people have to make some changes. I mean, I, I made a post about playoffs and. I even brought up like NASCAR. NASCAR started a playoff system. Yeah. I mean, talk about a sport that was rooted in, in deep tradition, you know. And they're like, okay, we gotta we gotta do something. We gotta do something, you know. And baseball. I mean, baseball's constantly trying to speed up the game. Yeah. Whereas like track meets, I I made a tweet one day. I was like, I mean, oh my god, in a sport where the the hundredths of a second matter our meets take longer than anything. It's you wouldn't you wouldn't know it by watching how a track meet is conducted that the hundredths of a second matter cuz everything else takes forever. And it's like here's baseball which used to be, you know, very slow-paced game and they're like we got to speed it up. Less visits to the mound, less time between pitches, we got to keep it going. Keep it going. Cuz I mean, look, people don't have, you know, 6 hours to lose or whatever. And I mean, that's the, there's a lot of angles that they have to start thinking about, you know uh, you know it's like move the meets faster,
1: be able to tell the story uh, of presentation yeah there needs to be scoreboards at, at all the field event venues like you have a track you would follow the races on the track and, and a lot of the better venues now have video boards but the times and the places instantaneous it's very easy to follow yeah. field events it's like. It's a mystery. Right. Well, and
0: and, and here's the thing. In this day and age with the Internet, how they could, like, live stream events, I mean – why can't there be a person that is knowledgeable in the event that is kind of like telling the story yeah. as it's happening, you know, because now it's like, you know, me, you know, maybe you one day will choose to watch the men's triple
1: jump. Cause you like that feel like better. Golf, like I yeah. can
0: watch the, the pole vault, you know, and it's like, and you can get that live stream and get that. That's an what answer. golf's
1: great. Like they have, like, there's a guy, he's the 16th hole. That could be, you know, the shot, right. There's a guy at the 17th hole or a guy following a certain group. Um, yeah, there's just – there's just, we just need to – when I was in Kansas, the guys were – Coach Addy used to always talk about things we could do to present things better, and he had a lot of cool ideas. None of it ever really came to fruition, but he recognized that there was something missing. Yeah. Um, they, they just – yeah, you got to engage the people in the stands that, that do come, that don't let them just watch the 100, you know. Right, catch their attention. I mean, obviously, pole catches their attention because it's physically, yeah, yeah impressive. Yeah, yeah. But what's going on? Who's winning? Who can still win? Who's out? Yeah. You know. yeah. Well, even even oh, he's out. He was the top seed. Oh my goodness, That's, this is we have to watch this now. Who's going to win?
0: Right, right. You know? Well, and even in the hundred meters, I'm always like, I'm I'm shocked at how they don't present like the trials and the finals in a good enough way. You know what I mean? They don't break it down enough. They, they don't, don't
1: talk. They don't make you. You don't know what the qualifying procedure is. Yeah, yeah, they don't
0: know. yeah. They don't explain the rules enough. Yeah, you know they'll. Ju- I mean. You know, how how hard would it be for, like, let's say every event to just have some blanket, like, little, like, thing that pops up when you pick the event? Like, I watched NCAA's, like, Women's Pole Vault. You were able to live stream it through ESPN right. app. And it was, like... How do they not put up, like, three attempts per bar? You know, you can pass if you have an attempt left, but you only have that many attempts left. You know, they don't they don't explain any of that stuff. It's like, the standards can be moved from no this. Idea. Yeah. Like, I know because I'm a pole vault person, but it's like if someone knew, it was like, oh, my God, that looks crazy. Let me watch this. No one's explaining it. Yeah. And yet, if you watch, like, a UFC pay-per-view, they still... There are three five minute rounds. Yeah. Every championship fight, there are five five minute rounds. You know, it's like, and they explain how the scoring happens. Like, you watch boxing, you know, the scoring. You know, in in football games, people are figuring out what a cover two defense is. Like, they know every little thing, you know. And in track, we're just like, here you go. We're just going to play it and nothing, you know? Um. They, so they they have to do a better job of that. And having someone like you said, like if in golf they can have someone at every hole, why can't they have someone at every event with a mic? Explain it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we back
1: at the pool vault. Here, here's uh, here's what's going on. Yeah. I mean, to, and and, the, and they do that a little bit at, big, at bigger meets, but still, it could be so much better. Yeah. Well, and and they have to ask critical questions.
0: I mean, I j- I just watched an interview today. Like uh, there was a UFC fight over the weekend. This guy Ben and – Got his bell rung. He got knocked out in five seconds. It was crazy, but it's like the guy was interviewing him and he was asking critical questions. Like, hey, are you, you talked a lot of shit before you fought this weekend. Are you gonna keep talking shit even though you got knocked out? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. you know, whatever his response is, it doesn't even matter. But the guy's asking critical questions, and in track, they never ask critical questions. They're never like, "Hey man, look like you were slow coming out of the blocks. Like, you know, how are you going to make an adjustment for the next round? Because you did make it to finals. You know what? No, there's none of that. There's a. They just walk up to the person that won. and like, Oh my god, that was thrilling, wasn't it? Yeah, no shit, I won. That's like, not news. You, you have to take it a little bit further. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, h- how about this? Like, I mean, I'll even go back to the last Olympics when Usain Bolt with one with nine eight one. I mean, my first question would be like. Why, why do you think you ran so slowly today but yet still beat Gatlin like what happened you know what I mean like that would have been a great question you know what I mean nobody asks that you know or how about in the pole it's like you can go up to someone and like look like you blew through on your second attempt like how come you didn't go up a pole or did you you know and ask those kind of critical questions so that now the fans get educated, they understand what's going on, and now fans can sit back and like oh, they definitely should have went up a poll, you know? Like, these are, like, little things that now it engages the fans, they get more involved, you know? I mean, like, baseball did it early on because you, you would keep the box score as a fan, you know? And this was pre-technology, Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like now, I mean, everybody's got a phone in their hands, everybody's got all this stuff, it's like you could you could be having you know they can have a track app where you can pick your event and get the X's and O's literally as an official's making them
1: you know? I'll tell you what at the armory they were, they were doing some good stuff this winter and yeah we were at um, god which meet was it we were at a meet and and uh, long jump well last thing we had going we were at the long jump mm-hmm. and she didn't jump particularly well um, in prelims and I was pretty convinced that it wasn't gonna be good enough to make the finals and mm-hmm. so I started packing up and um, I was like, All right, we're going we're gonna go meet the bus, call the bus driver, yeah, and yeah. usual routine and, and the father of the girl who's a super fan comes to every meet. he's looking at his phone, he's like, Church, she's gonna make the finals. We can't leave Oh, because yeah, he a... knew on his phone. He was following right. along on his phone and that's great. Man. We need to do that everywhere though. Right. And yeah. I mean Yeah. But yeah. Presentation, uh, educating uh, the fan base, or um, uh, uh, creating new fans, uh, getting knowledge. Yeah, when you when you feel like you know something about more about something, you're more likely to get involved uh, and enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's that's a great way to grow the sport. So mm-hmm. gonna you're going to you going to come up with that uh, that idea, that track um, idea, That's your thing. Yeah, I'm going to learn how to computer program and get right on that. Yeah. No. Um, no,
0: I mean look like I can't do the computer program thing i just mean just
1: the same way they do like fantasy baseball on your yeah, you track yeah. all your points it's right right i
0: yeah. mean th- look th- i again i think some of the leadership in track has to start doing some of this stuff i mean i personally i mean that's why i do my Povo club championship you know what i mean like i try to give an event to to people that is fun exciting there's prize money there's championship belts like whatever you know i'm i'm trying to give a, an experience that people want you know, and I, th- I think sometimes, unfortunately, track is so married to tradition and to the roots that they don't understand what's going on around them, and we forget to update our sport. We forget to, like, explain, you know what I mean, or present it in a way that, that will be appetizing to the current. And it's, person. Just, it's
1: just the way of the world now. There's, there's, there's so many things that are fighting for your, your, your attention. Yeah yeah. Everything's instantaneous There's something to do At every corner Something to watch on TV There's there's a million things you can do So we have to Find a way to grab them But on the the other hand Participation I mean Across the sport Of track and field Is insane yeah, yeah. No,
0: but it I, dies at a certain level. Well, right. I, I think because people have access to it during high school yeah. for sure, then there's still access during college, and then after that, there's Where a huge you drop off. Because I mean, there's not after high school. It's like you don't have meets that you can compete in. No, you might not even have facilities to use, and so it, it starts to become very, very difficult. And so we have to provide access to all these things. You know, I mean, that's why I, I tell people all the time: if you love pole vault, you got to try yeah. opening a pole vaulting club. I mean, start small. You can start at your high school or whatever, you know, but you can build it up. I mean, if you provide access to this event, this event is exciting enough, you will get people that will want to join your club. And the thing is, you have to think outside of the box. How can you get more youth involved? How can you get a lot more post-collegiates involved? Um, You know, I... I've always had very open door policy to anybody who's post collegiate. You know, I I love coaching adults because the more adults that get into it, then the more open athletes you'll have at your events. And then you could provide more adult friendly atmosphere. And and guys, I don't know if you know this, but adults have money. They can pay for things. And and I, I know that's like a dirty word in track. Everybody thinks free for everything. And we should all be doing this because we love the sport. Um, but the thing is, if, if there's the business end of it and, and people are actually making money, well, now we're going to have more of the things that we want. Like, even that app that we were talking about, imagine if there was like a track app and you could follow me easier. You know, we're having more announcers, you know, have an announcer for every, every event. Well, you know, there needs to be money coming in to justify that, you know. And so it's like the more adults we have involved in these in our events in our sport the more likely that stuff like that will happen. Um, But I think track has to start being creative. We can't just rest on our laurels and be like, well, we're the original sport. We're the Olympic sport. You know, it's like, well, you know, they're talking about adding, like, something like breakdancing into the Olympics. I saw that. One. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, keep wrestling well, on your laurels. because in big trouble. Yeah. You're, <laughs> they're going to be putting video, e-sports into the Olympics and take out track.
1: And- yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
0: we, we need to find a way to get people into this. Because for me, I know pole vaulting, I mean... If you are yeah, I thought we were loves, going to talk about pole vault on this podcast. Yeah, well, we, well, we talked about pole vault okay. and other <laughs> stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, for me, like, pole vault is, like, such a cool event because you're, you're trying to solve a puzzle. You know, you have that technical puzzle. Then you have to figure out what physical pieces you need. Like, okay, am I too slow on the runway? Can I not go up the pole fast? Like, what, what workouts should I be doing? You know, it's, like, all this stuff that you can learn. And it's exciting. It's, it's fun to fly through the air. I think a lot of people would enjoy doing this, um, but we have to provide that for them. Um, I, I think also, you know, as far as like we were talking about the way the, the meets are presented, if people ask the right questions, you know, sometimes tough questions of the competitors, you'll start to see them become more competitive, you know, whereas maybe now sometimes like I almost feel like the way it's presented is like these people travel together and they perform more like an art, an actor performs or an actress performs. And it's like, as long as one of us jumps high, awesome, you saved the day this weekend. You know what I mean? The fans got to see a big jump. No. Fans of sports want to see a competition. Movies are made with those rivalries, you know? And, and it's like, well, if people are asking the right questions and, and wondering what's going on and why this person won and that person lost... Maybe then they, they you know, we, we start to change the mindset. We have to change the mindset in our sport, you know. I, I, I think that's that's critical, you know. Yeah.
1: I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah. Um well you, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Jason?
1: No, I, I'm I, this is your show. I'm I'm happy to Well, I mean if
0: there's anything else I'm that gonna... you wanted to talk about or any other points. No, um you know?
1: I, yeah, I love the event. Uh, I love the sport of track and field. It's, it's been my entire life. Um, I don't foresee doing anything else, um, but I agree with you. It needs to change and grow, and um, I'm open-minded to be a part of that. Well, and,
0: and, and I'm, gl- I'm glad you said it like that because I think oftentimes, like, you know, I'm sure some people will listen to this episode and they'll say, oh, you guys are being really critical of track and field. It's not because we don't love it. We obviously love it. I mean you you've been coaching for how many years now?
1: uh twenty-five or so. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I started coaching when I was twenty-four or twenty-five. I'm I'm thirty-eight now, you know. I, I own a pole vaulting business, you know. Like I clearly love this sport, but it's like I want I wanna see it grow. I wanna see it, you know, progress. You know?
1: Wouldn't it be fun to, for people to have to hear people that you didn't even know talking about a right. sport, like they talk about the Yankee game last night? Did yeah, you see those yeah. Guys in the, the two hundred last night. Did you see those guys throw so the jab? Like,
0: yeah. Like, imagine waiting in Dunkin' Donuts line. and, yeah, and hearing you, you people know, like, talk about it. What are you
1: it? talking about? Like, do you ever talk about to tra- about of people that just on the street that you wouldn't know? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. happen. Right. That would be neat to get it in the you know more in the. The, the the majority conscious right phrase, but yeah. yeah yeah how do we do that because it's great it is great there's a way to do it
0: yeah a uh, hundred percent because anybody who's been involved baseball is not more exciting
1: it. than than track and field not on not in its purest sense
0: yeah no I well listen I agree uh-huh. you know. I, well, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't think baseball is super exciting. And I love you know, it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I listen. I love all sports. Yeah. But
1: if you, if I didn't know anything about sports whatsoever, and I and I walked into a baseball game, watched that for two hours, and then I walked to the track for t- next door for two hours, and watched right? People doing fifteen, sixteen different events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be over. Right. It Would be over for almost anybody. I
0: think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if more people, you know. If it was presented the right way, yeah, I think more people w- would, would be into it. If we
1: could have turned Jesse Owens into Babe Ruth, you know, in a similar era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that, that we missed the boat there or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that,
0: that's the thing, too. It's like the way the sports marketed, you know, they, you know. Again, it's, it's a very v- vanilla marketing you know, it's like, "Oh, come watch all these people compete," but it's like they're not building up those rivalries. They're not well, building I like up. Them to
1: watch them compete. Yeah,
0: it's like you know, maybe this one's the the person that's going to maybe you know had a long career and they're still there, or here's this new rising star or whatever. You know, it's like they they have to present these stories, you know. Like, and
1: pro wrestling, and I, I like pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's fake, but yeah, but why do people enjoy it? Because Cause, cause we want because we want to watch two people fake fight. Okay, there's a little bit of that, but yeah. It's because there's a reason they're fake fighting. Yeah,
0: they get they get you they, into it. There's a story behind
1: every match. Right. We need th- these th- these events need stories behind them.
0: Yeah. 100% 100%. They ha- you have to captivate the audience. You have to give them like you said that reason why they want to watch. Um well Jason, thanks again for doing <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> That's fine. Um, again, um, if, you, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. We're on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud. Um, also, follow us on Instagram. It's The Real Apex Vaulting. We're also on Facebook, um, Twitter, Snapchat. And um, if you have any questions or comments, please email us. It's just apexvaulting at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.